my name's Stephen Armstrong. I'm your moderator today, and I'm interviewing Piers Wenger, who is in charge of drama at the BBC. And I interviewed him here a year ago, and he was talking about where things were going. And, and actually, you, since then, it's been going pretty well, hasn't it? So tell us a bit about the ratings that you've been getting for drama. And I mean, Bodyguard, for instance, is a really obvious one. How, that did amazingly well, didn't it? Yeah, that was a really big show for us uh, back in September. It, it just really caught with the audience. It became a national talking point, and we, the audience grew over the series. I think the last episode was watched by over 10 million live and 17 million consolidated, which is, which is big and, and obviously goes against the grain in terms of the general trend that you know, terrestrial broadcasters are seeing from live viewing uh, to catch up. And then you could say, oh, well, that's just Jed Mercurio, he's great. But the next drama, literally the next one after that, The Cry, also had record viewing. It, it is Jed Mercurio. Okay. You know, he has an unbelievable gift for telling stories which, which are both, you know, full of complex ideas and have real purpose, but are also massively entertaining with, you know, really compelling characters. So it was a, it was a lot to do with him, um, to do with some great scheduling and just two really brilliant lead performances but yes we have you know we have built up impetus and momentum over Sunday night the next show was The Cry starring Jenna Coleman made by Synchronicity a small Scottish indie and it was just a really brilliantly made piece of work that you know the first episode was watched night by nine million people so yes it, I think what's been really encouraging about the autumn so far is just that I think we've shown that with the right material, the right degree of quality and the right sort of purpose behind the storytelling, that there is an audience who values the live experience, who loves coming together to watch a show and to be able to talk about it at the same time. So, of course, that, you know, that's one of the things that, as a, as a live broadcaster, forms a, a sort of key part of our strategy to get the audience, you know, to commission the sorts of ideas that, will, you know, the, that you have to watch on the night and that the audience can really enjoy discussing on social media and with their friends. Also, you uh, were overseeing the change of Doctor Who in a way that I personally think is brilliant. I think it was you know, overdue. Da, da, da. How's that gone? Had the audience, there was a bit yeah. of a fluffle, wasn't it, at a time? Yeah, but I mean, that's what you, know, you want to do. That's what, you know, that show needs to reinvent itself. It's been around for over 50 years. And I think you know, for the first time in its history, it's been much watched by more women than men. But it's also substantially built its audience on the previous series, you know, with, with, with episodes getting between six and, and eight million and 10 million on Consolidated. And, you know, just also, but, you know, all of that aside, it's introduced the Doctor to a new generation and not just a new generation of, of young boys who, you know, who love the character for all of her daring do and her, her, just, her brilliance, but also to a, to a generation of young women who, who might not have, and young girls who might not have felt that the show was for them. And so... In the short term, coming up is Les Miserables. Yeah, Les Miserables, which is um, an adaptation of the, of the uh, Victor Hugo novel from 19th century, um, and it's you know it's a piece that we will we will launch over Christmas, and we're massively proud of. It's a story that has universal and timeless appeal, but has been made with 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 really modern production values and and, and great directorial vision. So, musical aside, it's just a really brilliant, yeah. timeless story about what it means to lead. A good life. You've got Jean Valjean, played by Dominic West, who, you know, does the right things uh, 
sorry, does the wrong thing for, some, for the right reasons, and you've got Javert who is bound by the law and honouring the law, and that is, that is king for him, and the, the story follows the path of both of their stories and sort of asks the question, you know, which one's right? And, you know, the classic adaptation is something that the BBC has always done, but what we're always striving to do, and particularly so now, is make all of, the, all of our output, whether it's bold and innovative or classic, feel relevant and fresh. And, you know, this, that, they've taken a very fresh approach to telling this story, focusing hard down on the themes that will resonate and make it feel contemporary. It's all shot on location, you know, so it has a very real, authentic feel, and it's got the most sensational cast. So David Yellowway, Dominic West, Lily Collins, Ellie Bamba, Olivia Coleman, to name but a few. And it's, it's a copra, isn't it? It's, That's right, yes. It's, um, it's, it, it's been co-produced with Masterpiece. And so that, in fact, one of the conversations that have been happening on this stage over the course of um, Content London is the relationship between your uh, channels international reputation and its domestic reputation. So DR was saying that they've done incredibly well internationally, but, but they need to focus on their core. How are you focusing on the, the British public, if you like? Well, you know, I've, I've said from, from the very moment I started the job that Britishness and British creativity and British storytelling is what we are here to serve and to provide a brilliant platform for both domestically, but also a, a chance for British creatives to take their work onto a world stage. And that's what BBC One and Two are particularly brilliant for. They're a fantastic shop window for British creativity that really gets their work noticed. You know, The Bodyguard's gone on to be a huge success in the US, but it was built at the BBC with world productions on the back of Line of Duty, and it was only at its very latest stages that it was picked up by Netflix. So, you know, we are here to serve British creativity. We are very fortunate to have a big enough slate to be able to make pieces like Bodyguard um, that have an international reach or Dracula, but we're also able to continue to hold up a, a mirror to modern Britain in, you know, in very immediate ways. Almost moving in the opposite direction, recently Killing Eve was a big acquisition success. That's right, it was uh, commissioned by BBC America and obviously we, we were able to platform it here. So does that give us a guide? I mean, how do you see acquisitions, co-productions, da, 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 what, how, how do you see your future working in that way? Well, I think, you know, to, to break that down, you know, co-production is incredibly important to us. It's a core part of, of what we do. It's sort of normal practice, I'd say, outside of our continuing drama series, 70% of our drama is co-produced or, or, you know, has, has, a, has a, a home in the U.S., Acquisitions is a slightly different thing. It, it doesn't fall within my remit, but we have a relationship with FX in the States, um, a deal which allows us to be able to platform the best of their shows here, which is which is why you know we've been able to show pieces like The People vs. OJ, The Assassination of Johnny Versace feud, and that'll be an ongoing relationship, you know, to take more of their shows. But you know, it sort of goes both ways, you know, obviously. As a, as a sort of commissioner, as a home of some, you know, quite a, a high volume of original British content. We generate a lot of material within Britain that, that there's an appetite for outside the US. So we're routinely working with the HBOs and the Netflixes and Amazon and AMC. You know, we, 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 have, we have shows with all of those broadcasters and platforms. And I think it just, it, it, it that adds to the real health and scale 
and uh, diversity of our slate. But what we try to avoid is a situation where you're getting into a room with an executive after a read-through for the first time with a writer and, and, and giving notes, which may not be aligned. So creative alignment at the earliest stage is, is, is the most important editorial consideration when thinking about partnership. Obviously, thinking about the way that um, SVODs have been co-producing and now seem to be pulling back a little. I think a year ago, there was, there was this sort of big anxiety that, that the co-production pipeline was, was, was drying up and that the SVODs weren't, weren't going to be interested in partnering with the BBC, that they wanted all rights, world rights, and, and that was it. But I don't think that has proved to be the case. You know, we are still partnering with Netflix on new work. Amazon have made, you know, big inroads and, and made no secret of their appetite to, to partner with us. There's Hulu, you know, I think the sorts of changes that are going on within the production and broadcast sector in the in the US means that there's there's just an ever expanding appetite for new ideas and, and series. And Britain is perceived to be a great proving ground for those sorts of ideas. So I don't think that that is long term going to prove to be the case or in the medium term is going to prove to be the case. I think there'll still be a lot of co-pro. And so, what's, what sort of stuff are you looking for now? What, looking ahead, next 12, 18 months, what think, kind think, of things don't you have and you want? I think it's a really interesting question. You know, obviously, on a sort of macro level, what we're always looking for is to find new flavours, new areas, new work, new voices that will you know, keep redefining and refreshing the drama that comes out of the BBC. And, you know, we are, you know, we're here to be a platform for the most distinctive and high quality British content. And I think the interesting thing about doing this job now is that I just don't know what that will look like in two years' time. You know, the audience's tastes are so sophisticated and their behaviour feels like it's changing every month. I think the mainstream, you know, mainstream doesn't exist in the very conventional, structured static way that it once did and the mainstream is constantly changing so it's very important that we keep trying new things and I think that means that you know we have to give give ourselves permission to fail more but as long as we as long as we're giving the audience quality and we're giving them more the audience innovation then I think we will have enough big moments across the year to feel like we're giving them sufficient sufficient value. I read, um, I'm sure a lot of people here will have read it as well, John Langraff of FX gave a brilliant speech earlier in the year where he talked about narrative exhaustion. He's the guy that coined the phrase peak TV, but it's not just that there's so much, it's just that all of the key areas are being exhausted by the fact that there, there, is, there is so many stories being told within them. So that's why we're always looking for the new and the different and the bold and stories that are told with real passion that, that drives a narrative that might not fit within a sort of existi existing or, 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 or tried and tested genre. Okay, well that is all we have time for, so please join me in thanking Mr. Piers Wenger.